And I just pray the Lord's blessing upon you. And I'd love to meet you if I haven't met you or if, I, if you just want to talk to me or ask me any questions after service. That would be awesome. Okay. So today we are going to continue what we started um, regarding the overcoming church. And we're studying out of Revelation. Today we're going to be studying the church of Smyrna. And what you need to realize, and I know that the people who go to this church regularly realize you are the overcoming church. You are overcomers in Christ. Christ in you, the hope of glory. And so the more we learn about this, you know, I don't want this series, you know, because, the, because Jesus had some, you know, reprimands or certain things that, uh, for most of the churches that he said, I, I kind of want you to work on this, you know? So I don't want this series, what I don't want it to become is people thinking, well, I got to fix this, I got to fix this, I got to fix this, because I, honestly, if you are in love with Jesus, it's all going to fall in line, okay? So we are studying these churches to find out what was important to the heart of Jesus, and we all know as the end times draw nigh, that we are all going to suffer more persecution. And it is very good to have an awareness in your hearts, in your minds, about the things that Jesus said, watch out for this, okay? But this is not a, this is bad, got to do this. You see that? Because when we are in love with Jesus, <laughs> when, we, when we adore him and bless him, when we praise him, and love on him, and receive the love that he has for us, these things will naturally flow as we commune with the Holy Spirit, right? So I, I just want to say that um, so that we all sort of have the right approach to why we're going through these churches. Okay, and I honestly didn't intend to go through every church, but I can see that the Lord had something other than what I was thinking in mind, and I need to be obedient to that. So, we are the overcoming church. And before we discuss Smyrna today, I want you to look at one thing that Jesus says to every single church. He says, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Every single church he says that to. So that is obviously vitally important. And, and right after that, he says, to him who overcomes. And then he has a different blessing for mentioned with each of the churches. So when we listen to the Holy Spirit, when we know the word of God, we are the overcoming church, okay? So we need to be able to listen to the Spirit, and when we do, we overcome and we receive the blessings of the Lord. The Holy Spirit is our friend. The Holy Spirit is our blessed friend. The Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. You know, I kind of have a problem with this. I know sometimes when, when Scripture is referring to Holy Spirit and it's, they say, it says the Holy Spirit, but we don't say the Jesus. You know what I mean? So it just seems to me like we ought to just say Holy Spirit. You know, he's not like this third person. 
you know, he's in us. So I don't walk around and say the Jesus. So I don't know. It seems like we should just say Holy Spirit when we refer to him instead of making him something the object, you know, removed. I don't know. But anyway, so he is our friend. And he teaches us the intent. He teaches us how Jesus would respond in every situation. Okay? So he's important to us. He testifies only of Jesus. Only of Jesus and what Jesus would do in situations. So the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit <laughs> tells us to judge all things. Okay? He tells us to judge all things. So when we are communing with the Holy Spirit, basically, you know, it says we have the mind of Christ when we're saved, born again. So he is, he is ministering to us the mind of Christ, right? Right? So 1 Corinthians 2.15. Today I'm reading in the NIV. The spiritual man makes judgments about all things, but he himself is not subject to any man's judgment. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ as our born-again, recreated nature. But obviously the Holy Spirit will minister to us along those lines, right? So we are to rightly judge every spirit. That's your job. So in order to do that, you must know the word. You must know the word of God. You must know the scripture. Because the, the word is Jesus, right? The word is Jesus, and the Holy Spirit will always agree with Jesus. Always. So, knowing the word gives you discernment Knowing the word increases your sensitivity to be able to hear rightly from the Holy Spirit, right? The Holy Spirit's always talking to us, okay? But when we know the word, it increases our sensitivity and our understanding, okay? So we're not going to be misled. So I'm going to give you today a few quick, these are, these are very basic, okay? A little bit of instruction about the Holy Spirit, okay? This isn't everything. This is very basic, but very important. So first of all, the Holy Spirit will only, only exalt Jesus, will always exalt Jesus, okay? Always. So if there is a prophetic utterance, okay? If there's a prophetic utterance or someone says the word of the Lord, you know, the Lord would say, blah, blah, you know, whatever. If it exalts persons, if it exalts a group, it's false. Okay? You need to be aware of that. Likewise, if it condemns a person, or condemns a group, it is false. Because that's not the heart of Jesus. The Holy Spirit will convict and not condemn. The Holy Spirit does not bring shame. 
okay? So on both sides, you need to be paying attention. John 15, 26. When the counselor comes, who I, John 15, 26. When the counselor comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. He testifies about Jesus. Okay? So when you hear a word, you need to ask yourself, was Jesus lifted up? Was Jesus exalted through that word? Okay? You need to ask yourself. And if the answer is no, you need to judge rightly. Okay, the Holy Spirit edifies and does not condemn. Okay? Very important. He is a comforter and he is a helper. The scripture tells us that. 1 Corinthians 14, today, this one is in the Aramaic. I say, therefore, my brethren, that whenever you gather, whoever among you has a psalm, it's not going to be the same as that, so listen to me. Listen to me. I say, therefore, my brethren, that whenever you gather, whoever among you has a psalm, let him speak, or whoever has a teaching, or whoever has a revelation, or whoever has a language, that's tongues, or whoever has a translation, let all be done for edification. Do you hear the word condemnation there? No, you, hear the, you see the word edification. Edification. John 14, 26. K, this is KJV. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, this is Jesus, you know, talking about this, he shall teach you all things, teach, he shall teach you all things, and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. So see there? He he reminds us of the things that Jesus has taught us. So, the Holy Spirit never condemns. The Holy Spirit will not burden you. The Holy Spirit will never bring fear. The Holy Spirit will never bring oppression. The Holy Spirit will never bring depression. The Holy Spirit will never bring condemnation, but edification. That does not mean he cannot bring correction, okay? The Holy Spirit will build you up, and I'm not talking about flattery, okay? We're talking about spiritual inner, inner person building you up in Jesus, okay? He will encourage you. He will strengthen you. He will comfort you. And he will positively instruct. He will positively teach in line with his character. Okay? In line with the character of Jesus. Okay? In line with the teaching of Jesus. So yes, he is a corrector, but not a condemner. 
okay? And we need to be open to his correction because it's for our, our good, our spiritual growth. Um, but he will always, always speak the truth how? In love. Always. The truth will be spoken over you. If there is a word that's meant for you, it will be spoken to you in love. Okay? So you need to ask yourself, when you hear a word, was it an encouragement, even if it's correction, (laughs) was it an encouragement, was it an edification, was it comforting? Okay? And we all need to be man and woman enough to understand that we aren't perfect, and it is good that we get corrected, and and praise the Lord, thank you for that, okay? We're not a bunch of babies here, okay? Um, Next, the Holy Spirit always, always agrees with the word of God. Everybody hold up your word. This is where you go. If you want to judge rightly, this is where you go, okay? Holy Spirit will always agree with this word. John 1, 1. In the beginning was the word. Who's that? Jesus. And the word was with God, and the word was God. And Jesus said in in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. How many of you want life? So we want Jesus, and we want the Holy Spirit speaking of Jesus and only Jesus, okay? The Holy Spirit, John 16, 13, Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth, okay? So, and we just read John 14, 26. We just read that a few minutes ago, and it told us that Holy Spirit was going to remind us of everything that Jesus has taught us. Hey, if you guys have kids going through exams or things like that, you need to pray that scripture. I always prayed that scripture over my kids or your grandkids or nieces or nephews or whatever, that he he reminds them of everything that he has taught them. Um, So anyway, the Holy Spirit will never, ever violate the word, the truth, Jesus. There will never be a violation there. That's why you guys and myself need to know the word. The Holy Spirit will always direct your attention to Jesus. He's not going to direct your attention to another person, right? He's he's always going to direct your attention to Jesus. He'll never bring attention to himself, okay? Always bring attention to Jesus. He will always bring to you the light of all that Jesus did, all that Jesus taught, and all of who Jesus was and is, okay? For how long have we, years and years, have we studied the completeness of Christ, okay? So that's what he's going to remind, bring to you, teach you about. Um, Holy Spirit's teaching word to you will always stand up under scrutiny. Okay? 
Where are you going to go for that scrutiny? Thank you. Okay? If someone gives you a word and there's any amount of agitation or anger when you question, if you question, there's, that's probably a, a good clue that, there, that that was given out of a person and not the Holy Spirit. Okay? Because God does not mind your scrutiny. God does not mind your questioning. <laughs> he is big enough to handle it, and he knows how to answer it. Okay? So 1 Corinthians 2.15 out of the NIV 84. The spiritual man makes judgments about all things, but he himself is not subject to any man's judgment. So the spiritual man judges all things, okay? The scriptures actually tell us that it is good to prove and examine, okay? It tells us that we can test God in terms of finances. It tells us to taste and see. To me, that's chew on it, okay? And you'll find that the Lord is good, right? So the scripture itself tells us to examine and test and prove. Psalm 30, I'm going to give you just, just three little examples. Exam, uh, Psalm 34, 8. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Okay? Malachi 3.10, this is, this is uh, concerning your finances. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. You are told to test him. But don't think you're doing it properly if you're not tithing. Okay? You can't test God on that. Okay? This says tithe, very specifically. And see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. Okay, you can test God on that. 1 John 4, 1 through 3. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit. This is going to be critical to you in the end times. It's always been critical. But test the spirits to see whether they are from God because many false prophets have gone out into the world this is how you can recognize the Spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and even now is already in the world. Okay? See how important this is? All right. So never, ever, ever accept a word without judging it. All right? So those are just five really quick little keys for you to think about. And perhaps the Lord will reveal something else additional to you. So we're going to 
go on to the church of Smyrna now. Um, so when, when we come to the church of Smyrna, Jesus acknowledges their trials. He says in Revelation, uh, I'm reading out of 9, Smyrna is Revelation 2, 8 through 11. I know your afflictions and your poverty, yet you are rich. I know the slander of those who say that they are Jews and are not, but are of the synagogue of Satan. Those are pretty strong words from our Lord. He's calling people here on earth the synagogue of Satan. Okay? So the church of Smyrna, obviously from what he reveals in Revelation, <laughs> was physically impoverished. Okay? They, they, they were impoverished. He uses the word poverty. And yet he called them spiritually rich. He called them spiritually rich. So this is a wealth that nobody can take away. Nobody can take that way. Now, does that mean that you are supposed to walk this world impoverished? No. There are people who make doctrines out of that, and that is not what this says. It says that this particular group was impoverished, but they were spiritually rich. So don't try to make a doctrine out of the fact that you're supposed to live in poverty. Okay? Okay. Um, that's not what I'm preaching. Um, Matthew 6, here's just some reference scriptures for you. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourself treasures in heaven. Okay, this is spiritual growth. This is spiritual life. The life of Christ in you. Abiding in Jesus. Okay? Where moth but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rush, rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there is your heart also. So your spiritual life is more important than anything else in this world. Your spiritual life, your connection to Jesus, okay? James 2.5, listen, my dear brothers, has not God chosen those who are poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith and to inherit the kingdom he promised those who love him? So there is a blessing when we attend to our spiritual growth, okay? There's a blessing there. It says he's chosen you to inherit the kingdom that he promised to those who love him. All right, so Jesus also points out that the church of Smyrna was slandered, okay? They were um, slandered by those who claimed to be Jews, but were not, okay? I'm not gonna go into all the technicalities of who that group is, okay? Uh, because there are different opinions about what that is really refer referring to. So that's not really the important part about this. Um, Jesus said, I know the slander of those who say they are Jews and are not, but are of the synagogue of Satan. So it, it, it's clear that they were slandered. It's clear that they were villainized. And it's clear that this was by people who claimed to be in the religious no. Okay? 
in the know about religious things. And so these might be considered, you know, religious experts. And I'm using the word religious on purpose, okay? Yet, what was happening is they were failing to follow the faith of Abraham. You, under, you all understand what that means, right? They were failing to follow the faith of Abraham in their hearts, okay? And so in reality, they did not know God at all. They knew probably a bunch of rules. They probably knew a bunch of legalism. They probably knew a bunch of do's and don'ts, okay? Um, but in their hearts, they did not know Christ. So we have all suffered, and I know some people who have suffered very severely from persecution from these types of people. And it's going to happen a lot more as time goes on. And as you see factions dividing in our world, you're going to have the religious know-it-alls and, and you've got to toe the line and they forget the blood and, and what really got accomplished for us and the freedom that we are intended to walk in. And I know people that have been very hurt by church religiosity and legalism because they were raised in freedom they were raised to know Jesus. They were raised to know who they were in Christ. And then you have a lot of legalistic persons coming along and saying, you know, you got that wrong. You know, that, you know it, and it's hurtful. And probably all of us have suffered from that at some point in our lives. But I know people that have, have uh, strayed from the faith because of that type of persecution. And you know what? you got to know who you are in Christ. When you face that type of persecution, it has to be water off a duck's back. You, you cannot let that get to your heart. You cannot let that, that cause you harm. You cannot walk in offense, okay? Offense, bitterness, anger about the, not going to get you anywhere. Not going to get you closer to Christ. you got to let it go. you got to say, I know my freedom. I know my Jesus. Not that we aren't going to be corrected by the Holy Spirit. You know I'm not saying that. Okay, but, but that type of religious persecution is condemnation. Okay, so anyway, and, and so Jesus is giving this to us as a warning of things that are coming and things that are going to happen. Okay, so John 18, I'm going to read a really, really lengthy portion of Scripture John 8, I'm going to read 31 through 32, and then we're going to read 36 through uh, 47 in the NIV, 1984. So, to the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, okay, do we really want to listen to this now? It says Jesus said, okay, important. If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. How many times did Jesus call the Pharisees and such a brood of vipers and things like that, okay? So we are to hold to his teaching. If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth. You will know. And the truth will set you free. Hallelujah. So if the Son sets you free... You are free indeed. 
I know that you are Abraham's descendants, yet you are ready to kill me. Okay, he's talking to the synag- about the synagogue of Satan, people, to them, okay? Yet you are ready to kill me because you have no room for my word. See that? We are going to make room for the word no matter what it requires us to do. I am telling you what I have seen in the Father's presence, and you do what you have heard from your Father. Now, in that right there, it's lowercase. The first word, Father, was capital. This one is lowercase. This Father is referring to the devil. He's saying, you're listening to the devil. Okay? Abraham is our father, they answered. And then Jesus replies, If you were Abraham's children, said Jesus, then you would do the things that Abraham did. As it is, you are determined to kill me. A man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. Abraham did not do such things. See, you understand? You are doing the things that your own father, the devil, does. And then they respond, we are not illegitimate children, they protested. The only father we have is God himself. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me. For I came from God and now am here. I have not come on my own, but he sent me. Why is my language not clear to you? Why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say. See, we don't want to be that person. We do not want to be unable to hear what God says. And we are not unable because we are students of the word, filled with the Holy Ghost, and we hear from the Holy Spirit, and we know that the Holy Spirit is going to testify of Jesus, and that's the only thing we're going to agree with in our lives. And if there are things in our lives that are counter to that, we are going to correct it immediately. Okay? So we are going to hear. You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desire. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Yet, because, remember this is Jesus still speaking, yet, because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Can any of you prove me guilty of sin? I am telling, if I am telling the truth, why don't you believe me? He who belongs to God hears what God says. The reason you do not hear me is that you do not belong to God. Okay, 
The scriptures tell us that the Lord counsels us with a loving eye upon us. He says that he is a voice speaking to us, telling us whether to turn to the left or to the right. So he has given us the capacity, the Holy Spirit in you, when you are born again, okay, the Holy Spirit comes. You have the capacity to hear correctly from the Lord, okay? Study the word and be yielded to the Holy Spirit and make sure they're in agreement. Okay, so after commending the church of Smyrna, for their um, spiritual victories, Jesus warned them of coming persecution. Beloved, you are being warned. Do you know why it's important that you understand Jesus' warnings? So that when they come, you don't get into this self-condemnation, what am I doing wrong? It is not always something that you're doing wrong. It can be, and the Holy Spirit will correct you and teach you if it is, but it is not always something that you're doing wrong. And if you, if you start getting into that whole cycle of self-condemnation, you can more easily be misled. Do you understand that? Because if you think you're doing something wrong, then, you know, and this isn't just persecution from the devil, you can get off. So, this is, this is important that, that you understand that he is warning you and saying, this is going to happen. Um, it is also important to know that this is going to happen so that you do not cave to uh, new philosophies that are instructing in the ways of Satan. It is important that you do not cave to the woke agenda. It is important that you do not cave to CRT. It is important that you do not cave to a whole lot of things. And you can't be pushed over and walked over and allow it. Okay? All right. So this is a great heads up for our church today. So he tells them they're going to be imprisoned they're going to suffer persecution for 10 days. I, I kind of got a kick out of that when he said that. You know, oh, okay, so for 10 days. Um, but then he encourages them to remain faithful through that persecution, and then he gives them hope of a great reward when they do. So this is hopeful. This is an encouragement to you. So if you really think about it, 10 days is a relatively short time in terms of your eternal life, right? And even the rest of your life. It is relatively, and, and there are a whole lot of things about the number 10, and I'm not going to go on, into all that today because that's not really, you know, where we're tracking. But anyway, Revelation 2.10. Do not be afraid of what you are about to suffer. I tell you, the devil will put, will put some of you in prison to test you. Who's, who, who's testing the devil. And you will suffer persecution for 10 days. Be faithful, even to the point of death, and I will give you 
the crown of life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So Jesus is saying, he's, he is encouraging us to endure. He is encouraging us to endure. And then he is telling us that our courage and faithfulness will be rewarded. Okay? That's exciting to me. I want to give you some corroborating scriptures. Matthew 5, 11 through 12. NIV 84. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. Hallelujah. I'm thankful for that. For in the same way that they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So this is nothing new. Okay? Others have been persecuted in the same way. James 1.12 Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. Hallelujah. That is so encouraging. That is so exciting. We will be crowned with everlasting life in the very presence of God. Can you even imagine that? Can you even just think about that? Can you just stop and think about that just for a few moments? What, what the Holy Spirit reveals to your heart about what it is going to be like in the presence of God for all eternity. Close your eyes. Put yourself in the presence of God. Hallelujah. Can you even imagine the beauty, the peace, the joy, tranquility? No tears. Joy everlasting, joy unspeakable. Can you imagine just feeling the love that you are in the presence of pure love? Love that has never been tainted, that never could be tainted because of, of its purity for you, because of God's heart for you, that you are going to just like be swimming in pools of God's love. And you'll never know another thing than that. You'll never ever again have to know harm or fear or concern or anxiety, just washed, walking, living in the love of God. Amazing beyond anything we can even think of. Hallelujah. 
If that doesn't want to make, if that doesn't make you want to be the overcoming church, <laughs> give up every offense, withstand any persecution. in exchange for eternal presence in your Father's arms. Wow. So anyway, um, <laughs> we could all just stay right there all day, couldn't we? <laughs> okay. So I want to look at another 10-day period that, that, that Daniel talked about. And he suffered persecution, and he stood for his convictions. He honored the Lord with his convictions, okay? Daniel, it's, it's also very lengthy. Daniel 1, 5 through 8, 11 through 17, 19 through 20. So, so basically what was happening here is Nebuchadnezzar was the king of Babylon, and he besieged Jerusalem, and he ordered uh, his chief court officials to bring the Israelites, um, the ones of, of royalty and the ones of, like, nobility to him, uh, you know, so to speak, like the cream of the crop. And he wanted them to uh, be trained and, and then be in his service, okay? So, in verse 5. The king assigned them a daily amount of food and wine from the king's table. Among these were some from Judah. These are the, these are the people, um, some of the people. Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. The chief official gave them new names. Daniel, the name Belteshazzar. Hananiah, the name Shadrach. Mishael, the name Meshach or Meshach. And Azariah, Abednego. But Daniel resolved, okay, it is so important that ahead of time you have resolve. You must resolve. Do not be caught unaware. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. No questions asked. I won't be moved off of that. You resolve ahead of time. You don't wait for the challenge to come. Ah, what am I going to do? No. You know there's a thief that's going to try to come. Be ready. Be resolved. Okay. But Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine. And he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself this way. That took bravery right there. Because, you know, back then you sort of didn't go against what the king said. Because you might be facing death at that point. Okay? Um, this is a lesson to us not to pollute our lives uh, with the things of the world. The thoughts of the world. The habits of the world. Okay? Daniel then said to the guard, whom the chief official had appointed over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, please test your servants for ten days. Give us nothing but vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then compare our appearance with that of the young men who eat the royal food and treat your servants in accordance with what you see. So he agreed to this and tested them for 10 days. 
verse 15. At the end of 10 days, they looked healthier and better nourished than any of the young men who ate the royal food. When you stay in your resolute convictions about what the Lord has instructed you, you will never end up on the short end, ever. When you remain convicted to the Lord Jesus Christ in your thoughts and in your actions, you are always rewarded. You are always victorious. So the guard took away their choice food and wine they were to drink and gave them vegetables instead. Verse 17. To these four young men, God gave, listen to this, God gave knowledge and understanding. When you remain faithful to the Lord, he gives you understanding, wisdom, for every, knowledge for every situation. of all kinds of literature and learning, and Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kinds. So can you when you are connected to the Word and the Holy Spirit. The king talked with them, and he found none equal to Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. So they entered the king's service. Hallelujah, and we serve the risen king. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you. You are kings and priests in the household of God. In every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king questioned them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and enchanters in his own kingdom. Hallelujah. Awesome. Psalm 512 tells us that the favor of God is round about us like a shield. I'm going to remain faithful to him. You're going to remain faithful to him. No matter what it looks like, no matter what the circumstances may appear to be, he remains faithful, and his favor is round about you like a shield. Hallelujah. So if we look at this, at this passage in Daniel, we see that tremendous good came, and God had tremendous good planned for them. So when we pass through periods of trial and persecution and slander, Things, even in the church, people might come against, right? It doesn't matter where it comes from. We stick to our God-given convictions. We stick to the knowledge that God loves us and is faithful to us. And we stay there and we persevere under the slander, under the persecution, the scripture tells us that God will silence lying lips. You don't have to worry about it. If someone's lying, 
It, it doesn't really matter. God will vindicate the righteousness of your cause as long as you don't take it into your own hands, as long as I don't take it into my own hands, okay? So, James 1.12. Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. I am so thankful. I am so thankful for that. So then Jesus makes a final promise to the believers in Smyrna in Revelation 2.11. He says, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church, to the churches, he who overcomes, he always ends with this phrase, he who overcomes will not be hurt at all by the second death. Hallelujah. You do not have anything to worry about when you cling to your Jesus. Okay? Your future is absolutely 100% totally secure. as a believer in Christ. So he who overcomes, that's us, right? That's a believer in Christ. And if anyone out there in like video land is not saved, or is everyone, is there anyone in here who is not saved? Raise your hand right now. Okay. So if you're watching and you're not saved, it is so simple to become a believer. You said, dear Lord, Thank you for loving me. Thank you for sending Jesus to die for me on the cross. Thank you for raising Jesus from the dead so that I could live victoriously through him in my life. I now receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I believe that he shed his blood for me, that he was raised to life so that I could have his life and walk in his life. And I thank you right now that I am filled with the Holy Spirit. I receive you, Lord. Help me, teach me, guide me, show me the wonderful and good things that you have for me. In Jesus' mighty name. Well, welcome to the family, and if you prayed that prayer, contact River City Church, and, and we'll get you some things that will help you grow in the Lord. So anyway, he who overcomes, that's any believer, that's a believer in Jesus, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Revelation 22 14 through 15. 20, I'm sorry. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. I'm explaining to you about the second death right now. The lake of fire is the second death. Got that? If anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, in other words, you haven't made Jesus your Lord and Savior, he was thrown into the lake of fire. You don't want that. So this references the final judgment of the wicked, okay? Believers will not be hurt at all by that, at all. Our sin, the believer's sin, was judged at the cross. You got that? Mm-hmm. 
Believers' sin was judged at the cross. And therefore, now there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah is right. Oh Lord, you are so good to us. You are so kind, so forgiving, so merciful. Your tender mercies never end. Hallelujah. Him who the Son sets free is free indeed. Him who the Son sets free is free indeed. You do not need to come under legalistic persecution, religiosity. If Jesus has set you free, you are free. We have been freed from the curse of sin and death. (coughs) You have been freed as a believer in Christ from the curse of sin and death. Hallelujah. (coughs) Excuse me. What have you been given in exchange for that? Oh, my Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Because I have been given the spirit of life in Christ. I, you, have been given the spirit of life in Christ. And there are a whole bunch of preachers that preach that there are all these other things, all these other like laws and, and, and whatever. And it is not so. You are in the spirit of life in Christ or you are not. And once you are in the spirit of life in Christ, you have been set free from every curse. And I'm talking about every curse. There are no longer generational curses. There are things where the devil tries to talk to you and get you to behave in certain habits that you've seen, but this scripture tells me that I am living in the spirit of life in Christ Jesus forever and ever and ever and ever, and nobody is going to take that away from me. Nobody. Nobody is going to take that away from me. So don't let those lying spirits talk to you. You have been freed from every curse. Every curse. There is no curse that can come against you when you are walking in the life of Jesus. And that's where you reside. Hallelujah. So that's what the Lord would have you have us talk about today. (laughs) So, (laughs) hallelujah. Jesus is so good. You don't have to walk in fear. You don't have to walk in condemnation. You just walk in the freedom of your Jesus. (laughs) Woo! Man, you are healed. You are healed. 
If there is anything that you need to be healed of, you receive it right now. You know what? You don't need some preacher laying hands on you, although I'd be happy to do that. You do not need some preacher laying hands on you. You are healed by the word of God. You are healed by the stripes of Jesus. Your body is healed. Your finances are healed. Receive it for yourself. Receive it for your children. Set free from every demonic oppression in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. All right. You are living in Christ. All right. So we're going to take communion and receive our tithes. Please remember to see me if you're willing to help on Thursday and Friday. Don't forget. But we are going to, if you didn't pick up your communion elements, raise your hand. Somebody can bring them to you. We have open, we have open communion for every believer in Christ. We have a few more.